Welcome back to the front row. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. How well? Welcome back to the front row. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Hello, Dante. How are you? I'm very good, Jesse. I've been all over this Kanye story. He's attacking the Jews. I have a lot of Jewish friends, and uh, I just won't stand for it. He's not going DEFCON 3 as long as I'm alive. I'll tell you that, Jesse. I know, and the odd twist I'm waiting for is that he is pro-Jeffrey Dahmer. You know, because he uh, he's uh, he's talking about the new Dahmer show and he or the movie. Is it a show? I haven't seen it yet. What is it? It's a Netflix. One of those like 10 episode Netflix shows. Oh, OK, gotcha. Yeah, I have not watched it yet. But uh, from what I've heard, it's uh, it's making the rounds in the Internet. And it, Kanye is uh, pro Jeffrey Dahmer, just in it, case you didn't like him enough already. That's right. That's what he, the other side of his White Lives Matter shirt was a picture of Jeffrey Dahmer. Uh, right. Exactly. It's a rough show, Jesse. I'm not going to pretend I couldn't make it past like 10 minutes. The okay. first 10 minutes of it are like, you know, how some shows are. I don't want to be like a spoiler, but spoiler alert. Some shows he kills people. He kills people and he does. He does it a lot. Mm-hmm. Some shows you can kind of take the gore. But like this one was so realistic. It was very uncomfortable and disconcerting i had to turn it off i couldn't watch you know what's weird about it is everybody's kind of uh doing the thing that they did when uh zach efron played jeffrey dahmer where yeah. it was almost like jeffrey dahmer was like a sex symbol sort of thing or oh is jeffrey dahmer hot i remember yeah. i filmed juliette lewis at the airport once for tmz and i talked to her about this and i asked her about how like pe- women on the internet especially started uh like this whole like Jeffrey Dahmer is hot sort of trend on Twitter because yeah. of Zac Efron mainly. But I, I look back on it and yeah, there were some women who thought he was like a sex symbol in some ways. Cause there's always going to be people who think that like psychopaths or serial killers are, are, uh, you know, dangerous and sexy, but it's very small portion of people, but also we didn't have the internet back then. So we don't really know for sure, but they're doing the same shit now with Evan Peters playing Jeffrey Dahmer, where he's all of a sudden, oh, that Jeffrey Dahmer is sexy again. And it's just when when you just when you need any more confirmation that the Internet is a disgusting place. This is yeah. this is it. Well, Je- uh, Jesse, I don't want to Jeffrey Rowe. Uh, I don't want to. I don't want to. By the way, when I started watching the show, it was the weirdest thing. Because I thought I was watching an episode of the Front Row podcast. I, <laughs> yeah. I thought it was I you. Hold on. Do I have any glasses? I wish I had some. Uh, I should just pop these frames out and see if. Uh, see how no, I look. No, but I, I didn't want to. You were on a roll right there. But you, Zach Efron played Ted Bundy. Who was, oh, it was. Like, bu- that's what it was. I'm he sorry. He was the handsome serial it. killer. Yeah, no Can one, we start over? No one thought Dahmer was <laughs> handsome. No. Okay. Well, no. All right. Fair enough. That just goes to show that I'm I'm having honest take here. Yeah, people are sick. They're Zach Efron plays Ted Bundy. They think Ted Bundy's hot. Evan Peters plays Jeffrey Dahmer. They think Jeffrey Dahmer is hot. Yeah, it's like only it, on the it, internet, man. It's only an uncomfortable on the internet show. that shit happens. Speaking of the internet, you know, before we get into everything, uh, Twitter is upset. That some people are planning to go as Jeffrey Dahmer for Halloween. And I kind of think it's pretty stupid of them to be upset about that. Like, 
any other year, if you went as Jeffrey Dahmer, it would be okay. No one would even know who you are. They would think you were just like a guy in their office or something. But now this year, because everyone knows the story, and now it's like a, it's become a, a racial thing, as you alluded to earlier, with Kanye being a fan of him. It's like if you're trying to be Jeffrey Dahmer, is instead of being a serial killer, I think they think that you're advocating racism. Your thoughts, Jesse? All I can think about is how I want to go back and redo my Zac Efron take <laughs> because I feel I'm a little embarrassed about it right now. Uh, let, me, let me say this about dressing up as Jeffrey Dahmer on Halloween. I think it's all about execution. Oh. It, it, it really depends on the person and how you, and how you do it. Uh, no, that was not a plan words. I wasn't saying it depends on execution. Like if it was... I don't know, like a guy in his late 40s that you already think is kind of creepy and he was doing it. It's just uh, it's not going to land as well. Yeah. But I'm just trying to imagine going to a Halloween party and seeing one of my friends dressed up as Jeffrey Dahmer. I think it has to be within the context of the show somehow. It has to be like within because the, there's a bunch of memes. Like I know there's a meme of him like showing uh one of his victims a tv screen making yeah. him watch something on television like if they did that with like a little like uh i don't know a card piece of cardboard with like a little tv screen like making you watch it i think i'd be okay with that but if it's just like jeffrey dahmer yeah or like if you ask your black friend to come with you and be like you know his victim or something okay i can see how that would yes, be that would be important right uh but or like, if you had your white friend do blackface coming with you as you're dressed up as Jeffrey Dahmer, then that might be crossing the line. too. That would really mess with people's heads. <laughs> uh, I'm just reading this like, please do not cosplay or dress up as Jeffrey Dahmer for Halloween. Stop idolizing a horrific human that committed atrocious crimes. It's effing weird. It's the typical Twitter thing of like that person thinks they're making a difference because they said don't dress up as Jeffrey Dahmer as if that's an epidemic this year. Everyone's going to be dressing up as Jeffrey Dahmer. Only a few people will. And it's like, sorry, we dress up as Halloween costumes of things that happened that year, things that are popular that year. Right now, all of a sudden you can't dress up as a as a killer. Is Michael Myers off limits now, too, even though it was a movie? Like, it's bullshit, Jesse. Come on. You know, it's interesting. I would think that if you dressed up as, like, Genghis Khan for Halloween or something, people probably wouldn't, other than, like, you know, a cultural appropriation, people who get upset about that. But technically, you know, he's responsible for the deaths of hundreds of thousands of people. Yeah. Uh, Alexander the Great killed hundreds and thousands of people you know yeah, or just like an axe murder or like anything halloween is a is a holiday where you dress up as evil people i feel like there's a uh there's a little bit of like uh, a time frame on it like if you dressed up as jack the ripper people wouldn't be as upset about it because jack the ripper almost doesn't even feel like a real guy anymore he just kind of feels like a like a mythological figure Actually, Jesse, Jack the Ripper was supporting the patriarchy and he was killing. He was not sex worker positive. He was slaughtering sex workers and we right. don't support that anymore. I guarantee someone would make that argument. That's probably all true. I'm, all I'm saying is just like we can't start politicizing serial killers now, too. That's true. I mean, 
They're bad. If we're gonna if we're gonna make movies about it, if Hollywood is allowed to make movies and make money off of this atrocious shit, then like, why is it not okay for me to like go to Halloween dressed up as it? And look at my face. I'd be a perfect Jeffrey Dahmer. Yeah, really. I brought this up because I saw this tweet. If anyone, if I see anyone dressed up as Jeffrey Dahmer for Halloween, I'm gonna be throwing hands. I'm worried about you if you just go out as yourself on Halloween. <laughs> right. I'm in trouble. Dude. I, I, that's why I'm staying home this Halloween. Um, Anyways, you know, it's funny you talk about. Uh, have you been paying attention to uh, House of the Dragon, the new Game of Thrones show? Uh, I tried to watch a couple episodes. I couldn't stay with it. I, Got it. It's uh, I was just because you mentioned the the violence of um, of the Dahmer show. Yeah. And uh, there's a lot of violence in this show in House of the Dragon. And, you know, Game of Thrones is known for its violence. But the thing about the show is, like, it's it's so bleak and dreary compared to Game of Thrones, where Game of Thrones was actually, it had some fun to it. It was, had, it, there was an element of comedy to it, like the, the banter between, like, Peter Dinklage and his brother, Jamie Lannister, all that stuff. There's a lot of good banter on it. And this show, the writing is great. It's just that it's very bleak and dreary, but it's also, like, doing that thing where it's violent just for the sake of being violent. Like there's literally an opening scene of um, Rhaenyra is the main character's name, giving birth, going through childbirth. And it is just the most disgusting, grotesque scene. Like the sound effects you hear. It's like, it sounds like uh, somebody putting their hand into like jello and like just squashing it up. And that's the baby coming out. And then just yeah. the afterbirth dripping out of her and the placenta falling on the ground and all this disgusting shit. And you're like, I get it. Childbirth is gross. This has nothing to do with this show. This is just, you're just doing this just because you think it makes you edgy or just, yeah. just, just for the like, sake I of violence. And I feel like there's something wrong with HBO. Because they do that shit a lot. Like they do it with um, Euphoria, where they just have these like really graphic sex scenes just for the sake of having a graphic sex scene. It yeah. doesn't actually serve a purpose for the story arc in any way. Yeah. I, I saw the like the first episode where they they're on horses doing the jousting and then a guy falls off and he puts like an axe into his face through the helmet and it's mm -hmm. extra gory. However, that was easier to watch than Dahmer. It was the most unsettling show. Yeah. I swear to God, it, it's really disturbing. You should watch it just because I'm curious what you think. But I probably I will. Couldn't make it through. Um, so we're going to do something a little different because uh, we don't have as much time today. So we're going to do a quick, this is just a quick little micro pod today. And this is a story that I've been wanting to talk about. We've had a little bit of a break. It's been a couple of a couple weeks since our last episode. Uh We've only done like one episode the past four weeks, Dante. This is unacceptable. I know. You've, uh, been, out, you've been out serial. <laughs> I know. I've been and in hiding since that fucking show came out. Yeah. Um, but this is the story that I love because I don't know if you're aware of this, but before I joined TMZ, I was a uh, semi-professional poker player online. I played online poker for about four years from the time I was 18 till I was 22. And I wanted to be a professional. So I was really into it. Um, I'm very well versed in all of the uh, uh, the phrases and all of the uh, the vocabulary of poker. But I still keep up with it. I still watch the World Series of Poker every year, every single 
big tournament, every single every single high stakes tournament that there is. Uh, I'm a subscriber of Poker Go. I keep up on it, but one of the stories, it's very rare that a poker story actually makes it into the mainstream anymore because it, it's not really a, it's not a really mainstream thing like it was 10 years ago. You know, it's still kind of got its small little following that's enough to keep the industry going, but it's nowhere near what it was, which is why it's not on ESPN anymore. Now you have to subscribe to an app in order to watch a lot of this stuff. And mostly it's on YouTube. But uh, why, are you... why, why do you think that is, by the way, that it's no longer as popular? Just because we see gambling is being legalized in so many different ways and, and across the country now. And yet poker has uh, waned in popularity. I have a very strong theory about it. And it used to be poker is very boring to watch live, um, even when you can see the whole cards. Uh, it's boring because guys take 30 seconds to a minute to make their decisions. And it, that's hard to watch when you're just watching people sitting at a table. Right. And it used to be that it was very it was edited, very well crafted, well choreographed sort of way where you would have the commentators sort of making jokes in the middle of a hand. And then they would only show the most exciting hands. They would only show the crazy hands where somebody takes a horrific bad beat or somebody gets trapped or the all in pots, the big pots. Right. Whereas now everything has switched over to live streaming. You can still see the whole cards, but watching a live streamed main event, World Series Poker main event versus the well edited um you know, release that they would do like three months after the tournament takes place. That was always more interesting. But what happened was that exploded with the exist with the evolution of the internet. So then all of a sudden you could figure out who the winner was before any of these episodes got released. So there was no surprises anymore. There was no, um, you know, there was no like mystery. To, to who was going to win. I remember the first time I got a taste of this was when Jamie Gold won in 2006, and I was able to look it up on the internet before the episodes were released. So I think that hurt it. So that's why poker ended up going to live streaming so that they wouldn't get this, uh, so that people couldn't figure out who the winner was two months before the episodes were released, right? You would get right. the episodes as they happened. But what happened was, is they would play out all the tournament for the for the main event because that's where poker got famous was from the world series poker main event they would do the whole tournament but then once they got to the final table they would go on a two-month break and they would they called it the november nine so that the tournament would end over the summer but then they would do the final table in november so that everybody so that the editors and the programming could catch up they could find all the best hands put it together into like 15 episodes or whatever it was and then they could live stream the final table but i think that genuinely hurt the popularity of poker because it's just so boring to watch on a live stream for the, for the average viewer it's like who's going to sit there and watch a 13 hour final table where nothing is happening you know you're you're literally waiting for nine people to bust out in a you know 15 to 16 hour time frame and it's like it's just not fun to watch it's not like watching a basketball game where everything's settled in two and a half hours mm -hmm. so that's what i think happened with poker mm -hmm. um 
But the big story, I don't know if you saw it, you know, there's always elements of um, uh, shady characters in the world of gambling. Toby well, Maguire. Yeah. The uh, the big story is that a uh, a female poker player has been accused of cheating. I don't know if you saw it. I did. So it's uh, called Hustler uh, Hustler Live, Hustler Poker Live, Hustler Casino Live, which not surprising that cheating would be taking place at the Hustler Casino. It seems <laughs> it seems pretty fair. Is that Vegas? No, that is in L.A. Oh shit. And L.A. poker is known to be kind of the uh, slimiest of of the poker scene. Um, Commerce Casino is known for being one of the most uh, shady places to play poker. I would imagine. We have a it's friend a, that likes dingy, to go there. It's a dingy world, yeah. Yeah, we know a guy that goes there a lot, or he used to. Who? Total degenerate. Oh, I'm not going to say his name, but. <laughs> oh, you mean? No, no. He, he'll, he'll know if he's watching. Okay, well, I in between, uh, I can say this now, but while at TMZ working at the airport, I would just in between, we used to have the list, the airport list. I would just go to the uh, Hollywood Park Casino in between, in between shots, and I would go oh, play shit. like for two hours, some no limit hold them, and I would go back to the airport. Okay, Harvey, we got him. He confessed. Yeah. Come in here and dock him for thousands uh, of dollars. Yeah, I don't know if I should cut that part out or not. <laughs> I'll think about it. So, this is one of the more interesting so, stories because so this, this story is yeah go set well, the table cheating in poker is normally pretty easy to spot right because you you can you see a specific reason why especially what's when you're being about the, filmed right well what's interesting about this story is is that there's assumed cheating because the hand is so ridiculous that you it's it's hard to understand why this is cheating unless you are in the world of poker and you play it a lot simply because this hand is so unique. So this is uh, the Hustler Casino Live and there is a, a poker player named Garrett Edelstein who is one of the uh, top cash game players in on in live cash game poker. He is this guy on the left. And then this is Robbie on the right, and she is being accused of cheating. So it's 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 a pretty normal hand up until the turn, which is where the fourth card comes out. And why this is so interesting is because the you know in in poker you have this thing called having a bluff catcher. You can oh. you can catch somebody's bluffs with a certain hand, and she has, if you can see it here, she has jack four, whereas he has eight, seven. So he has a straight flush draw and she has jack high. Okay. Okay. So he bets the turn and she's already been calling him like thinking that he's bluffing. When he bets the turn, she raises him to $20,000 and he ends up going all in. Which is a really good play. This is kind of called a semi bluff, which means you have he has a draw to the straight flush. So even if he's bluffing and gets caught, he still has out no matter what. Be about two pot size bets left. So I think that's what's got to be going through his head. She really goes all in. Still, there's the only. She takes a while, right? Yeah, and then she said. So you can. 
think you might have me, though. So she says, I might call to see it. Think you might have me. Three is no good? Three is no good. So this is where the story kicks off here. She says three is no good. But the problem is, is that she looks at her hand multiple times. So she knows that she has Jack four, but she's leaning on this idea that she has a three uh, in her hand, which she would just be calling with a pair of threes, right? Mm -hmm. She ends up making the call. I don't want to watch this whole video. She ends up making the call like, oh, I'm, uh, I'm going to catch you with your bluff, right? The issue is, from a poker standpoint, it makes no sense to make this call because she could already be drawing dead, but also he could be bluffing with a better hand. So they, she calls, and then they run it twice, right? So they run the hand out twice, and he loses both of them. She wins with Jack High. Ever breaks out again. So he's about to see oh her hand. God. Oh my god! <laughs> I need. I want to see. Does she have Jack Four? She has four Jack High. What? Look at you. So he is automatically just totally Whoa, fucking suspicious about what's going that on. That is. That's a fucking poker right there. That was sick. Wow. And that is super, super strange. You can see his reaction. So this like, goes on for a while, right? <laughs> and anyways, her behavior is just strange. This she whole... is acting a little bit like. Very nervous. So there's another guy in this. So he doesn't say anything. There's another guy in this video. Wow. I'm trying to find him that is part of this story. He has a I'm cowboy hat on. I'm speechless. I mean, usually Garrett. Weird to me, like this rule, like, well, you shouldn't make that mathematically. So now it's cheating. Like, right. what, so if she's just got, what if she's just mentally ill and she makes crazy calls? So there is a part of this where you're, if you're not a poker player, you could just say, well, hey, dude, she like she can do with her money what she wants. And she made the call. Right. Yeah. I, and I and I totally agree with that. People make crazy decisions all the time. But here's where the story is strange. She ends after this is all set. After this all happens, this guy, Garrett, is pissed. He's he's suspicious. He thinks that something is going on. She says all of these conflicting things like, oh, I thought I had a three. Oh, I thought I just thought you were bluffing. So I, yeah, I, call, I just owned you with Jack High. She had two conflicting things that she was saying. Mm. After the hand happens, after the live stream is over, she ends up giving him the $100,000 back off camera. He somehow like convinced her to give it back. The, there's a guy at the table with a cowboy hat on, and his name is Rip. And apparently he got really pissed off. Yeah, this this story has a lot of great nicknames, by the way. He gets yeah. really pissed off. Clearly, they're like business partners in some way. Mm. And so if she wasn't cheating, why did she give the $100,000 back, right? Add on top of that, the next part of this story that is so interesting is that, and this was the biggest twist out of all of them, there was a guy named Brian who works at Hustler Casino, who was part, who was in the live streaming offices. You know, he works in the back and he has access to all the technology. He was caught on camera taking $15,000 of chips off of her stack after this took place. 
So that's also another suspicious thing because, hey, were what, what they are, in cahoots with each other? Did they know each other? Like, why would he do that? Did he just think she's really stupid? Because that's another thing. Maybe she's just dumb. Maybe he just thought that he could get away with it. Yeah. But there's no other time that he's ever taken money, as far as we know, from anybody's stack. And he, this guy was fired. Hmm. So uh, before we move forward, let's get your take on this, because I have some thoughts and I can explain why. But just from your as a as a layman's uh, perspective, what is your thought on this? I mean, again, I never like when people think well you shouldn't have made that call you must be cheating uh but i can also understand the the mathematical improbability of her making that call it is very weird and guilty of her to try to give the guy back the 100k so that he didn't like push for an investigation or something that's what i'm thinking like, hey, you know what? I, I this was uh, more serious than I thought it would be. Just take the money back, and hopefully, we can just forget about it. Um, I'm curious how she cheated and who, like, what the cheating was. And also, I'm curious: is she trans or was she? <laughs> no. So there is uh, apparently there are, like some backstories about her that she's a bit of like a, a drunk. You know that uh -huh. she's and also she's known as like an angle shooter. I mean, which, look, she, um, she, she's like decent looking. Was she a model before? Like, what? Where'd she come know, from? I I don't know much about her. She was relatively new to this live stream. I don't think she had been on very many um, of these hustler she, yeah. live streams. But I think, um, I think this story is even bigger because she's decent looking. You know, oh, 100 percent. And that's another thing is that people were accusing this guy, Garrett, of being sexist because he was accusing her of cheating, that he couldn't handle being beaten by a woman. I know that that's not true because I've watched a lot of these live streams and Garrett is one of like the most stand up guys in poker. He's always been like he's super complimentary when you beat him in a hand. He's always been very um he's one of the guys that like makes gives poker a good name. That's why this is so interesting to me because he wouldn't accuse her of this if he didn't genuinely think something was going on. And here's why I think that there was. So one of the methods that was used in, with um, a, a guy named Mike Possel, who was uh, cheating on the, or allegedly cheating on this live stream called stones live, which was up in Northern California. And he was using his cell phone, supposedly people suspected that he had access to what is what are known as the RFID chip readers, which every single card has a microchip inside of it, every single playing card. So I, I brought these out. So wow. this is the Jack of Spades inside of these poker cards. They put a tiny little microchip in there, whereas they used to use cameras like small little cameras where you could read the, uh, can the we cards see it? Can for TV? See, can we see the microchip? I don't have it. <laughs> so, um, but they put a little microchip like right into the uh, like into the card, oh, right? Okay. And then so when you set it down on the table, they have like these little like padded card readers, so that it's like a technology that will that'll it'll send a signal back to the uh, to the broadcast booth, and then they can put it up onto the graphics on the screen. Mm -hmm. um, so the way Mike Possel did it was he had a uh, like his phone in front of him. And so allegedly he would like put it in between his pants while he was playing, like, like right underneath, like his groin. And he could like, he was like, he would be taking his hat like this, like in the middle of a hand 
and he'd be looking down at his phone and supposedly he was getting this like these readings nobody nobody saw that no but there is a shot of him on the live stream with a blue just a solid blue background on his phone which people who run poker streams have noticed looks exactly like the blue screen you'll see for the RFID technology readings because it just shows up as like a like a blue screen and then it just it's just it would have to go back and watch all these videos but just take my word for it it's a computer program for this rfid technology where you have like a blue screen that shows the uh the card Mm -hmm. names anyways it was also accused that he might be using like buzzers in his hat well that's where this story gets interesting because there's a video of of robbie and unfortunately i don't have it but she's in the middle of the hand, she's sort of like shaking her leg and mm-hmm. it looks and there's like what looks like a uh, like a big almost like a big cell phone in her pocket, which it could have just been her phone. But you see her like stomach shaking in the middle of the hand. Oh, and shit. so people are suspecting that she was getting some sort of like a buzzer reading of some kind where instead of actually having access to the whole cards, it could just be somebody in the back who's telling her whether she should call or fold like two buzzes for call one buzz for fold. Have you ever heard of a raise something like that? You ever heard of those people who are like really kinky and they'll put a vibrator in their girl and then she'll go out in public and like the man controls it. Right. Like, could it be that? Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, vibrators and poker, anal beads and chess. Everyone's a freak. Uh, it could be that, and if I were her, I would go along with that explanation. Well, what are you going to say? No, you're not. Yet. You're not a freak. You're not a sex freak. You don't have a vibrator in your pants, and your husband's not controlling it as some part of uh, public orgasm kink. Well, it's funny that you mention it because people, st- a lot of people in the poker world, started thinking that's my- that might have been what she was actually doing because there was a recent story, and you brought this up to me about a chess champion if i'm not mistaken who was yeah. using uh, uh like vibrating anal beads to, hans, to help him win a chess tournament hans neiman okay yeah which by the way for our, v- our viewers you use those to help you do the podcast um that's right this guy, yeah this guy apparently was accused of cheating because i don't know where the video is or if we can play it but you know, they, he he was oh. like sitting during a uh, during the match and like he I have was playing look. against Magnus Carlsen, who's supposed to be the best chess player in the world. And people people um, were suspicious that he had these anal beads and that whoever someone was watching the match and would vibrate it a certain way, like, you know, Morse code to okay. tip him off about what move to make. And so I think how it went was like if he got two vibrations anally, then he would, uh, you know, move his his rook or his knight <laughs> or, his, or his knight. Right. OK, so it, so he would it was Morse code telling him through anal penetration. I think it was Morse code. I mean, it has to be right. Okay, Here it is. Uh, what, did he lose or did he did he win? I'm sorry. He won. Okay, so in this Kotaku article, it says, while there's no evidence Neiman cheated, that didn't stop tons of people from speculating about how he might have. Tournaments are rigorous in their security, and it's not like you can start consulting a chess program. 
what Neiman had done in the past while everybody is watching. So during a chess bra Twitch stream after Neiman's match, the chat offered anal beads as one solution. Canadian grandmasters Eric Hansen and Ammon Hamilton started riffing on it, and a German outlet wrote the whole thing up. But one Reddit user took things much further and theorized that maybe anal beads rep play. How exactly? The real answer is actually elementary. But actually, it's quite complicated. The shit post accuses Carlson of using anal beads to cheat during his entire chess career, except for the few times when he was too drunk to feel them properly. Um, so here it is. This is the Reddit post. The real answer is actually elementary. Magnus cheats. He's always had anal beads up his butt, maybe for the past 10 years. That's how he's been dominating the field of players. There was a slight dip during the time he played Caruana. He was so drunk. Oh, that must be the name of another guy. So I just want to know how it works. Do you have any idea how it works? Recently, Magnus realized the anal bead supercomputer design he created has been stolen. Wait a second. <laughs> so they're saying that his rival created an anal bead supercomputer? So they have, this is all about, it's like baseball analytics. You know, whoever oh. has the best analytics program, this is analytics for chess. Of course, where, he couldn't come clean. Yeah, analytics. Who has the best anal uh, analytics team <laughs> working behind them? Moneyball. Oh, um, God. Yeah, that's basically what this is. Okay, you know, the more I read about this, because I, this it is the first like time, this is the first time I'm seeing the Reddit post in right. any article that i've looked at so as we go deeper down this rabbit hole oh. uh it becomes more clear that this is just a guy on reddit who started this rumor i've never seen this explanation i've been reading yeah. like reputable news sources who were just like yeah he's accused of cheating with anal beads he had to get wanded dude that's uh, what i was during the last game that he it. showed up for is People were talking about it like it was serious. And I was like, this is just speculation through and through. And, um, and, and also, I didn't realize that this guy's theory is that Magnus Carlsen, the guy accusing Hans Neiman of cheating, his theory is that Magnus invented the anal bead technology and that it was stolen and that the only way for Magnus, Magnus couldn't admit that he's right. been cheating with the beads. Holy shit. <laughs> I know. Well, it just, this just... This gives credence to the people who just think that the uh, media is all fake news, that they're just going to buy into this. It's just it's a domino effect. When one person buys into it, it spreads like wildfire that by the time you actually get to the truth of it, it doesn't matter. It's the damage has already been done. Enough people have already seen the story that a chess champion was using anal beads to cheat. Now everybody's going to believe it. It's like the Richard Gere gerbil story. That right. supposedly Sylvester Stallone planted or whoever it was. <laughs> once you once you get a few people, then it's it's no longer a rumor. It's information. And no. you're just you're fucked. That's a classic story. So uh, but yeah, so that's possible. That's how Robbie was cheating. Um, there's also a possibility that she was using hand signals with somebody at the table because there's multiple people involved. The weird part about this, and I don't want to go too long on this, but the guy, Brian, who was working in the back at Hustler Casino Live, who took the $15,000 off of her chip stack, mm -hmm. uh, was fired. But him and Robbie were following each other on Twitter, right? However, shortly after this happened, 
They unfollow Brian deletes his Twitter account. Robbie unfollows him. I don't know what the order of events it was because if he just deleted his account, then it wouldn't have been her unfollowing him. She just wouldn't be following him anymore because his account no longer exists. Right. So I'm not sure if she unfollowed him first or how it worked. So Robbie decides to post this DM that she gets from, or sorry, Robbie posts this DM that she gets from Brian that supposedly he writes to her. And I want to get your take on this because when I read it, it rang very false to me, but maybe you can convince me otherwise and you can tell me what you think. So here it is. Poker Twitter questions authenticity of Thief's alleged DM to Robbie Jade Lou. So she receives this uh, DM and she tags one of uh, Twitter's, one of poker Twitter, poker YouTube's big social media guys, Joe Ingram, who has a uh, popular YouTube channel called Joe. Uh, uh, God, he has a poker podcast. I forget what it's called, but it's, it's Joe Ingram on YouTube. Go follow him. If you want to see more of this stuff, he's been like balls deep in all of this. He's been like doing 12 hour live streams, digging into all this. So here is the message from, Oh, Robbie okay. Jade Lou, or that was supposedly sent to Robbie from Brian. Hi, Robbie. My name is Brian. I'm the kid who stole three chips off of your stack. I was working, but now I'm fired. I'm in a really bad place financially, and my debt was adding up. I'm only 24 with two kids, and I have no education. I got desperate, and I honestly didn't know whose stack I took the three chips off of, but it happened to be yours. Robbie, I believe you. Someone who was so kind to give back the money to the crybaby Garrett and kind enough to spare me wouldn't not be as nice as you are. I don't think you cheated. I never did. I think everyone is fucking stupid and they're defaming an honest person's name because these pros can't fathom how you read this amazing cash game player for shit and called him. You 100% had the power to press charges, but you chose not to. And for that, I'm eternally grateful. I'm really, really genuinely sorry from the bottom of my heart for stealing. I made a split second decision that has now ruined my reputation and caused me to lose my only source of income. My life is fucked, even if I never have to spend a minute in jail. I'm glad you understand that pressing charges would only have my life worse. I wish you were here so I could give you a big hug and tell you I'm actually sorry. I grew up poor. I still am. I was left at 18 to fend for myself. My mom was a meth addict and my dad and I have a rocky relationship. Being at the poker table for me was an escape. Being at the casino was the only sense of home that I felt. My life fucking sucks. I was slaving away at HCL, getting paid bare minimum and getting used by them to help them accomplish their goals of starting this show. I just wanted to reach out personally and say thank you for saving my life. Thank you for sparing me. Thank you for getting me out of that toxic workplace. Thank you for changing my outlook on kindness and having a genuine heart means, I don't know what that means. I'm 100% behind you and I always have been. And I always have been. Please let me know if there's anything I can do to try to repay you. I just fell on really hard times and I didn't know anyone that could help me. I'm willing. Uh... I'm willing to do anything, hard labor, labor, clerical work. I'll do anything to show you I'm sorry. If you want to text me, you can reach me at. And then she asks him, are you able to get on Joey Ingram's podcast tonight? Yeah, I can. So she First. tweets this out to Joe Ingram, all of this. I feel like this was written by Robbie. That's I, I genuinely think that she wrote it and, and sent it to him to send to her because 
she's also trying to clear her name too. Yeah. I mean, I was going to say he's not lying about his lack of education with all those grammatical errors. <laughs> okay. But now that that's your theory, I could see her because the spelling was very good. It's just they were missing words here and there. So that could have been an attempt by her to make this guy sound dumb. I was reading up on her and apparently she's a uh, she was born in Saudi Arabia to a doctor mother and a physicist father. Um, she had a double major in law and society and philosophy. So this could be her just trying to sound like, you know, some dumbass casino worker, uh, and writing those DMS to send it in because like overall it was well-written. There was just like some mistakes, some small mistakes. Well, so this is the working made. theory, right? Is that he was the guy that was working cause he was working in the broadcast room supposedly and he had a desk that was within eyesight and earshot of the of the poker hands in real time because all of these uh the, the issue with cheating on these is very hard to do because there's a 30 minute delay on all poker live streams part of like the nevada gaming commission is one of them and um I believe it's part of the rules of all these casinos that live stream poker and online poker as well. There has to be like a 30 minute to an hour delay because otherwise you're getting the cards in real time. And then, you know, somebody who's like a friend of yours could be like, you know, watching the live stream and then texting you what the cards are. So they have to do it on a delay, right? Otherwise you, cheating would be rampant. Right. But in those broadcast rooms, you're getting the cards in real time. Right. Because you're seeing it as it happens. You're they're not on a 30 minute delay. They're seeing it as it happens. So you would need somebody who was in the broadcast room to relay the information to you. So the, the working theory is, is that he was pissed about her giving that money back to Garrett. And then so he because he was in on it, he's taking a percentage, whatever. So he went and took 15 grand because he was upset that she gave the money back. Okay, so wh what I want to know, because maybe I missed something, but she gave him the 100K back, but her chips were still on the Well, table. she had like 300K in front of her, apparently. Oh, okay. So she had bought in for like, let's say she had $200,000 in front of her before that hand happened. And then, so she, then she has 300000 in front of her after that hand. Off camera, she gives Garrett back the $100,000 that he lost from that hand. In chips, she pushes those chips, chips back. Like she just like hands it to him or something. And then the working theory is that the reason why that guy Brian took the 15K off of her stack was theoretically that was maybe his cut. And he was pissed okay. that she gave the money back when he was the one, you know, risking his neck and his job by giving her the, the whole card information. You, Jesse, you just it just put, do not ever try to do anything with dumb people and especially don't do anything illegal with stupid people. Right. That guy ended up costing himself his job anyway. Like he works in the camera booth room and he doesn't think he's going to be seen taking fifteen thousand dollars in chips off of her table. What the fuck? Well, it makes me think that if he felt comfortable enough to do that then he must have thought that like nobody was actually watching these videos. Like nobody was actually doing their due diligence on the security end of things. 
because mm-hmm. otherwise he wouldn't have done it. Or like you said, he's just so dumb that he wouldn't have thought it through, but apparently he was working there for a long time. Uh, and, and you know, he calls it like a toxic workplace and he's the one who, who stole 15 grand. I don't know. I, I genuinely don't know. Uh, from a poker standpoint, I am very suspicious of it simply because she's already a suspicious, suspicious person. There have been people who have told stories about her being like what's known as an angle shooter, which in poker is like, you'll, you'll do certain things to uh, like, you'll pretend like you're folding when you're really not, but you'll just do it to get your opponent to like turn their cards over to muck their cards. And then you win the pot that way. It's little like cheating tactics like that. So Mm -hmm. she is known to be one of those kind of slimy type of gamblers. Apparently she has an identical twin sister too, which is also very suspicious, you know, does she that's in the article I'm reading. That's a type of like, that sounds like cheating to me. They just like, it's just funny because you you see all this cheating in like baseball with steroids or, um, you know, stolen signs or the Patriots when they were stealing, uh, they were recording, uh, what was, what was it? Spygate. They were recording their teams. They were deflate gate, deflating the football. And then here we are in these smaller, smaller niche uh, chess and poker and you have cheating and then you have in fishing. Did you see the fishing cheating scandal? I did. There's cheating everywhere. And all of these uh, lower. What, what do you call these sports? They're not. It's like they're not sports, but they're. Yeah. Do they have a category like alternative sports or something? I don't know. Like but, stuff that you see on ESPN too. Right. But you've seen this, right? Yeah. So this guy gets caught. Hold on. So this guy gets caught um, were, putting was, lead weights into the fish. This was an anal beads also? No, it was anal beads. And he put anal beads into the fish, Dante. Look at this. So they're pulling out these lead weights. And they're also pulling out fish fillets. Look at this. So more lead weights. Imagine so that the fish did way more. And he literally put fish fillets into the fish. Look at that. Like store-bought fish fillets. I know they're just fish, Jesse, but like imagine someone was just ripping through your corpse and just pulling shit out of it like that with the fish. Holy shit. I know. But so that guy apparently who was doing that with the fish was um a world champion. He'd he'd won previous tournaments and for like hundreds of thousands of dollars. And so now all of his previous winnings are being called into question. And whenever I see stories like that, that's what I think of, because I think, I mean, if this is just one time, you have to wonder like how many people do this that are actually smart. Cause theoretically she, if she was cheating, she could have picked a much better situation than that one. And nobody would have ever known. Yeah. Nobody. What's going on? There's like a weird desperation in the world of these minor sports right now. Like, is everybody in deep to the loan sharks right now? Or what, what's happening? Well, poker players are, but I do think um, in sports like poker or fishing or uh, chess or whatever, especially poker, poker is the sport for people who were never good enough to be professional athletes, but they could compete at a professional level at something else, you know, be on television competing professionally. Um, that's why you'll see a lot of pro athletes like former uh, uh, God, Richard Sherman. No, 
he, he used to be on the Patriots. He's a professional poker player now. Oh, um, I don't know, but it seems it's like crazy. It's for like, people who weren't able to be pros in in an actual athletic competition. Well, like, has nobody seen the movie Casino where De Niro pulls the two cheating guys out, then he slams their hand with a hammer? You seen that? Of course. Like, poker is the last sport that I would ever want to be caught cheating at, or like any kind of cheating at a casino. Those people don't care about kill. Like your whole life is playing. Po- no offense, Jesse, but your whole life is just playing poker, desperately hoping for that big win. And you're always in these cigarette smoke-filled rooms, and like you don't know what time it is. They won't even let you have clocks in there, and like that's it. These are desperate people who have nothing to live for they don't care about driving your body out to the desert digging a hole and sticking it in there first off let me defend poker a little bit here okay because poker is one of the only gambling games where you're not playing against the house you're playing against other people so that's more likely to happen in blackjack but that's cheating if you're cheating the casino in blackjack you're more likely to get your knuckles bruised in your your knees popped but actually jesse Nowadays, because Vegas is like less mob run, you know, as as far as I know, what do I know about that really? But as far as I can tell, I would be more worried about just cheating other random players because they don't have to answer to anybody. They're not going to be like, ah, we can't really, we don't need the bad publicity of beating a, breaking a guy's hand with a hammer, kicking him out into the street. You know, like some random dude that you, that you beat in poker and you cheated him, you think he's going to have any qualms about knifing you later on in the parking lot like that Las Vegas newspaper writer who got killed by the Democratic politician? I know those aren't connected (laughs) at all, but it's just like a type of person. Yeah, I can't imagine Sheldon Adelstein like pulling somebody out into the out into the uh, desert and uh, and and beating them up himself. He he has somebody who does that for him. But I I do think you're right because I do think a lot of these gamblers know people. You know, and that's how they that's that's their means of getting paid when they're not paid, especially if they're doing like private at home cash games. Let's say that the house doesn't pay them or they win fair and square. You know, they have they a lot of these people have means of doing it because you don't have contracts, you know, to, to get paid. Yeah, And it just attracts a certain level of person. The gambling world, the professional gambling world is just the people that are around that. No offense, Jesse, are just <laughs> some of the lowest quality people. You know, um, this is sort of a random off the topic thing, but Dana White, the owner of the USC, he's been kicked out of like three of the top casinos in Vegas because he's so good at beating the house in blackjack. Mm-hmm. Um so he's been kicked out, but that only happens for like rich, rich, powerful people. You know, they usually if you're if you're cheating the house or not cheating the house, but you're beating the house at blackjack consistently, like they will they will threaten you. They yeah. they will make threats to you, especially if you're not if especially if you're a lower level gambler. Um, but in poker, the only way that the casino makes money is through rake, which is um when like if there's like a hundred dollar pot they take like three dollars off the table and it it goes to the house that's that's the way casinos make money off of poker otherwise every other game you're gambling against the house so Mm -hmm. that's why i like poker for gambling i didn't like i never gambled in any other way i never gambled in blackjack i never gambled in like uh what's the one with this the roulette i never i never did any of that shit i always liked poker because i was playing against other people but you're, you're you're a rake apologist. 
Yes, I'm a rake apologist. Um, um, so wait, wait. This woman, Robbie Jade Lou, yeah. do you think she will be like? Is she allowed to play elsewhere no. now, or are people just gonna be like, "Hey, listen, we don't want your business." You know, we don't. Once you get that stink on you of cheating, whether it's true or not, it's hard to get it off, right? Especially nowadays, poker is so advanced. Um, it's become such like a nerd game. There are so many uh, that people have tried to purify it a little bit and tried to make it a more welcoming environment. But this type of shit, you know, it, it, it does put a stink on the game where it makes people think that it's not things aren't on the up and up. Right. And if you if you have a game that's televised like this and this is the biggest story, it's almost like all of the mainstream stories about poker are bad. There aren't very many like great stories that come out of poker. Yeah. But 99% of the time it is it's on the up and up. Everything is good. And there's people who genuinely work hard, literally spend their lives studying the math, studying the card ranges, studying, you know, uh, hand ranges and betting patterns and things like that against their opponents, which is totally fair and legitimate form of, of strategy. But you never hear about that. You only yeah. ever hear about the person who put the buzzer in their pocket or the anal beads up their ass. <laughs> and then poker is a, it's a slimy world. Well, she apparently only started playing four years ago. Right. But even if you've only been playing for oh. four years, that's still long enough to understand that what she did in that hand is not a thing. Calling with the Jack four in that situation, when you have no draw to anything other than just Jack high, it's a ridiculous call for $100,000. It's just ridiculous because the guy Garrett could have been bluffing with a better hand. He could have just had king high. Queen so like, high. like as a layman, uh, that's a call that you could make if like you're just sitting down, you don't really know much about the game and you just like randomly, you're, you're trying to bluff. So you think, oh, I'm going to make this call. But you're not going to reach a place where you're going to be betting that on a $100,000 hand because you'd have to be kind of inept to make yeah, that call. It's not just that. It's that there's still another card left to go. So uh -huh. she's calling off $100,000 with another card left to go, which is bizarre. Maybe if it was on the river, if they had gotten to the final card and no more cards were coming out and then he makes a bet and then she calls it, that's a totally different situation. But she called it when there was more cards left to come with no draw. She could have been drawing dead he could have been bluffing with a better hand. There's just so many, like literally it, you have to, it, it's, it's a terrible call. I'll just put it that way. Like just in terms of a poker from a poker strategy standpoint, that is going to lose 99 million times out of 99.1 million times. Like it's just, it's a terrible call. By the but way, um, the, the it's also her money. And if she's just stupid, then she doesn't deserve all this. You know, she might just be really dumb. However, there is a lot of evidence, circumstantial evidence with this guy, Brian, with the guy, Rip, who uh, also strangely, strangely enough, is like has ties to being Jake Paul's business manager or something, which is a major red flag for me. <laughs> so, uh, you know, there's other stuff going on, not just the fact that it was a terrible call. But I just wanted to say that that phrase that you just said, drawing dead 
Sounds like a good Breaking Bad spinoff for Vince Gilligan to start working on if he's looking for ideas. I, I like don't that. quite know what the idea is. Gambler? Something about gambling now. It's a teacher who's got AIDS and he, he decides to gamble to save his family. And then, you know, he meets Magic Johnson one night at the casino. And, right. But he has he to has pretend AIDS. that he still has AIDS and he's dying and he has to stop eating so that he can convince people that he's still dying of AIDS. He starts cheating at blackjack. Yeah. And he's poker, using that anal, that's what the term comes from. Yeah. Anal like beads that. or some shit. You know, it's all in there. It's all he Vince had... Vince Gilligan, call us and we'll we'll hash it out. Yeah, and he uses anal beads to cheat. Drawing dead. It's perfect. I love that idea. You know Brian Cranston. Call Cranston and tell him we got his next great show. I'm gonna call him right after this. That's <laughs> you know what's funny? We're joking. It's actually not a bad idea. Not a bad one. Uh, cut this part out and save it for us yeah um well i guess my last question about this girl and by the way i just want to apologize to any de degenerate gamblers cd poker players i think you're fine people on both sides and i just <laughs> i don't want to have my legs broken if i happen to walk into a casino and someone recognizes me um it, is her career over do you think her career as a professional poker player is done so this is the way I'll answer it. She has to prove beyond a shadow of a doubt. Here's the problem. She's kind of in a bad situation here. Once you get accused, that's always on you, right? Like it's almost like being canceled in the media or something. It's like Michael Jackson. Yeah. Yeah. It's like when there's one allegation out there, it's there's always going to be that allegation out there. I'm sure there's going to be somebody out there who defends her that's going to, you know, let her play again, give her another chance. Cause there are plenty of poker players who have cheated in the been accused of cheating, been caught cheating that still play on poker live streams but most of that cheating wasn't um as like malicious as this they would a lot of them would be like multi-tabling an online poker and they would you know uh they'd be using like ghost accounts or something i, I don't even know i don't even know how they do it but that's it's a lot of it's done online but a lot of those online guys still have poker careers for her in particular I, f I don't think that she will be she'll never do this live stream again. That's for sure. She's going to have to prove that this was just all a big misunderstanding. Um, I feel bad for her if she wasn't cheating because that sucks. <laughs> like, um, But if you're following some dude on Twitter who you claim you've never met before and then all he takes $15,000 off your stack the episode that you were accused of cheating it has a lot of suspicious elements to it and i'm 99% sure she was allegedly cheating allegedly yeah so well, by the way if anyone wants a laugh go watch jesse's video on the front row podcast youtube page about how he could have been a bitcoin millionaire from all of his online poker playing years ago, because they used to pay in Bitcoin, but nobody knew what it was. Dude. How much money did you miss out on? A couple million? I had, uh, it was 2013, I think. I forget what year it was, but I had, um, yeah, it was like four or five grand in Bitcoin back when it was probably like 10 bucks or something, oh five bucks can for somebody, Bitcoin. Can you do the math real quick? Yeah, I'm pretty sure I looked it up that it was, uh, 
it was at like seven dollars or something like that at one point during that year i don't remember what it was when i had it but at some point during that year it was like seven bucks so let's say five thousand divided by seven so that's 714 bitcoin let's say potentially times what is it that now like 20 20 000? well you know jesse why let yourself off the hook dollars let's but let's look at what it was at the high a year or so ago when it hit sixty nine thousand dollars <laughs> okay well yeah it was what, what i if i sold then 49 million dollars over 49 million dollars and instead you chose to spend the rest of the decade being a pap on the streets and at LAX, interviewing celebrities and hounding them and being stressed out about missing shots. Talking to Juliette Lewis about <laughs> uh, Zach Efron being a sex symbol playing Ted Bundy. Oh, uh, Jesse, I'm surprised you're still alive after I know. that. How did hey, you I chose through, the hard road. How did you live through 2020 when Bitcoin was reaching those epic highs? Like, yeah, you were working at TMZ while this thing was making record highs and then every day you had to sit there and be like any shots jesse jesse what have you shot lately anything good and then you were just like fuck i could be worth 49 million dollars i know i know dude i think about it <laughs> like probably like once a week i'll just like think about it but the way i look at it i very likely would have just sold it anyway yeah, you know no, back then true. because i would have never um everybody you know, once, I, once i see it get up to like let's say 50,000 and then i see it drop down to 20 again i probably would have just sold it been like yeah. this is a scam yeah you well know? listen when it got to 20,000 in 2018 you would have made 14 million dollars <laughs> and you would have been fine <laughs> i would have lost contact with you years ago oh my god oh my god yep it's uh oh drawing dead that's drawing be the dead. story guy sold all his bitcoin <laughs> yeah and then used it all on uh on aids medicine to you know get out of his uh that's anyways what's going on with the dante greco show it's growing lots of subscribers are pouring in i did a great video commentary about uh if you're a fan of comedians and comedy podcast tim dylan his producer left the show i did a good video about that got a lot of views i'm still fighting anti-semitism in the form of kanye west i'll be doing more videos about that and uh just continuing to grow the brand and you know try to try to just bring people entertaining content that's all love it well this was supposed to be like a 20 to 30 minute episode and we've gone over an hour so proud of us i hope i hope it wasn't too boring i did my best to talk poker with you guys um but either way uh let's let's do this again let's just start doing more pods on one topic it may i think it makes for better conversations but yeah go uh go check out the dante greco show ladies Please. and gentlemen support my good friend and uh support me i could have been a bitcoin millionaire i could use your help <laughs> and uh if yeah could go fund me jesse back up to at least 14 million dollars yeah. so you can feel you know okay um are you are you still in crypto do you still own i i i have i stopped actively trading i have a few coins that i'm holding in the hopes yeah. that like when the winter is over in three years they'll come back they probably won't it's probably money that i'll never see again until trump is reelected, i think that we're uh we're fucked on crypto I want, well, you know what they say it was? They say it's the Russian war. Like all the Russian oligarchs were pumping up crypto artificially 
for yeah. whatever reason, you know, hiding their money. And then as soon as Putin started his stupid war, crypto just plummeted. Yeah, that's true. It happened all right around then. And then it got to a point where it's it's flattened out so much. It's it hasn't it, it drops occasionally, but then it goes back up. But it's really been flat for like the past few months. It has not. Yeah. All of the you know, can we stop? I think they've learned their lesson. Let's stop the sanctions. <laughs> Let's yeah. let them put their money back into crypto. Yeah. At least the the oligarchs. Okay. What did they do? Except not they didn't take Putin out. Sorry, they're probably scared of him too. Let so them, is, is it a good time to buy right now and rebuild my crypto portfolio? That's the thing with crypto. You don't know what's going to last at all. I don't know if it's any of it is worth shit, even yeah. Bitcoin at this point, because they've never had this much exposure before. You know, you got Elizabeth Warren coming after it. And, you know, I've met yeah, Elizabeth Warren. And when Warren, I hear people say nice, oh, it, has, it has utility, when somebody says it has utility, I'm like, utility for what? Yeah, that, that's like a 2020 thing. Like, oh, the utility. No, we yeah. just want to make money with it. Okay, yeah. please. It's it's just play money. But Well, Dante, <laughs> you turned this topic into something that actually depressed me because now I have to end this podcast thinking about what could have been with my life. So thanks. Enjoy, for enjoy your Dodger game, yeah. asshole. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Go follow the Dante Greco show. Hit subscribe to the front row. We will have more episodes like this. We're going to start talking about comedy because I've seen Dante's views on his Tim Dillon clip, and I want some of those views. So we're going to start talking about comedians more often. Um, If there's any suggestions about you want us to talk about, hit us up. Let us know. Otherwise, thank you, all my front row sexuals and robots out there. It's been so long. I almost forgot what their nicknames are, Dante. I almost forgot. I'll do for the best. Like, <laughs> share, subscribe. All right. See you later, guys. Bye.